Now, yesterday, uh, we had Brad West on the show. He's the mayor of Port Coquitlam, of course, and part of the Translix Mayor's Council. In fact, he heads the Translix Mayor's Council. Uh, And they announced, of course, that uh, as mayors collectively, we had a lot of mayors there at the press conference yesterday, basically saying they're looking uh, for more funding from Victoria and Ottawa. They were speaking there as a unified voice. He did tell us they needed $700 million to move forward, especially with the rapid bus program. Uh, But certainly, it also spoke of uh, another core issue. Uh, which, of course, is where will transit find its funding long term? Right now, 18.5 cents per litre of gasoline. Every time you gas up, 18.5 cents goes to TransLink. That funds the system. But as you know, every time somebody buys an EV, they're not gassing up, uh, and that person isn't paying the TransLink uh, or transit uh, fee. Uh, and that means over the long term, TransLink's budget is up in the air. It is a true existential challenge uh, for uh, the system. I did ask Brad West that question. Take a listen. This is something that has plagued us for decades, and it becomes very much a Groundhog's Day over and over again. Big debates over how do we fund transit. We need these projects, but how do we pay for them? And we never get anywhere. What ends up happening is once a decade or so, usually tied to an international event like Expo or the Olympics, Mm -hmm. we get a major expansion of the transit system. Other than that, you know, we kind of just carry on with, uh, you know, very incremental improvements. Um, The Mayor West comments there are actually bang on, if you think about it. A big event uh, is announced for the city once every 10, 15 years, and then we build a SkyTrain line or we buy more buses or whatever it may be. But what is the long-term way we can fund our transportation infrastructure? Well, one of the ways is mobility pricing, essentially charging you for driving uh, every year on the roads. And that money that is collected goes towards transit and goes for transportation infrastructure. Joining me to talk a little bit about mobility pricing is, of course, Richard Zussman, Global BC's legislative reporter. Richard, welcome. My pleasure, Jaws. Thanks for having me. Uh, first and foremost, uh, what Mayor West said, I, I would argue, was incredibly correct in regards to waiting for a big event and then we somehow managed to find uh, funding. Where are we as a province, as a region, in regards to even looking at seriously the issue of mobility pricing? Yeah, so I heard your conversation you had yesterday with the mayor and then the conversation you had following it. And so I asked Premier David Eby today about exactly this issue. What should the mayors be planning for here? And is mobility pricing, in essence, charging people to be on the roads in the cars? And Premier Eby was very quick to say that it's not. It is not in the conversation that the way that we're looking at the issue of affordability right now, the government has no interest on bringing on an extra tax for drivers. And the premier wouldn't even open up the door for a long-term discussion around how do we look at what the future of paying for these projects looks like, uh, especially considering that Vehicles are moving towards electric. You spoke about this yesterday. As as more people drive electric vehicles, there will be fewer people consuming gas. That means there will be fewer revenues from the gas tax going to transit because that's predominantly how municipalities pay their share now. And the premier wouldn't even get into that issue of how are they going to replace lost revenues. And it's going to be something that ultimately will catch up to the government. But for now, they feel they can get to the high road when they say, well, we couldn't 
possibly talk about this because it will just add extra costs on short term to British Columbians. Uh, I do recall the question being asked today of the Premier. We do have uh, his answer. I want, want people to take a listen to it uh, in regards to his thoughts on what you have just described. Take a listen. We understand the needs of uh, growing communities, including transit, uh, and uh, people need to be able to get around. Uh, and we've seen a uh, huge uh, increase in traffic uh, due to growing population across the lower mainland. Uh, and we have to address that. That's why we put historic investments into transit. Uh, it's, it's good to hear from the mayors, absolutely. Uh, but uh, their uh, suggestions for additional road taxes, car taxes, this tax, that tax, this is not the time. Uh, British Columbians are struggling with affordability. Uh, and uh, we'll find ways to support transit as we have to date uh, to make sure people get the services they deserve. Right about now, there's thousands of people stuck in traffic, hoping, wishing there was no one more lane on that bridge <laughs> wherever they're going as they deal with one to three centimeters of snow. Um, Richard, I'm looking at a couple of plans from one mobility study. Uh, for the Lower Mainland. And it said uh, there was two plans. It was sort of um, uh, they're rough plans, but the study basically said they would charge about five to eight dollars per day uh, for per household to travel in the in the Lower Mainland. That would gen and each household would pay between eighteen hundred to twenty seven hundred dollars. Some drivers would be exempt, uh, also based on people with low incomes. And it would reduce congestion by 20 to 25% under this particular plan, which would mean having charging points. So basically charging points around 12 major bridges throughout the region, right? Uh, and that would be one. The second plan, these are all sort of uh, sort of uh, ideas they've been talking about, would cost the average person 3 to $5 per day. And the first one was going to be about 5 to $8 per household. This would also... Um, uh, reduce congestion by 20 to 25 percent uh, and it would be a thousand to seventeen hundred dollars per day and it would depend on by the zones that you travel uh, based on what premier eb says it looks like it's a non-starter and no politician wants to touch it but these studies have been done it's all before the government i guess ultimately right now it's about will Absolutely, it's about will, and it's about timing as well. We're in an election year, and an election year is not the sort of time that these politicians want to engage in these conversations. Uh, I, I'm curious. I know London has a congestion charge for its city core, and we've been talking about expanding it. Other major cities are looking at this as well. Um, do you th ever see a time, or do you think, leave that to the major cities of the world as a mid-tier city on the <laughs> west coast of Canada? This is not where we need to be headed. I mean, because right now, if you just look at, I mean, people listening to us right now are stuck in traffic. We're, uh, you know, a city uh, of roughly about 2.6, 2.8 million people, and we're having difficulty with a bit of snow. And how we get out of this is billions of dollars need to be spent on infrastructure. Transit is one of them. Yeah. But we need more bridges, right? We need, do need more roadways. Cars aren't going anywhere. Even, you know, they could go from fossil fuels to EVs. So be it. But, you know, there seems to be no sort of rhyme or reason in regards to how we're building in this region. We seem to be sort of doing it in fits and starts when pressure builds in one area or a particular accident convinces elected officials to do so. There doesn't seem to be a long-term strategic plan to say we must keep building at all times. Yeah, and we count so heavily on the federal government here. So if all of a sudden BC says we need X billion dollars for a new lane on the bridge or a new crossing to the North Shore or an additional SkyTrain lane, all of a sudden Calgary and Edmonton and Montreal and Toronto and Ottawa all say we need a billion dollars too. And squeezing that money out of Ottawa is becoming increasingly harder as federal governments look at the electoral map. 
Then you have the provincial government trying to prioritize different things in the region. And on top of that, you have municipalities who can barely cover off their share. Ultimately, there's one taxpayer. So the taxpayer is the one that will take the burden of these transit costs. But governments struggle with these long-term plans because they are upfront costs to voters with long-term uh, benefit. And voters have a hard time swallowing that. And we are going to remain a mid-tier city unless we invest substantially in this type of infrastructure that allows people to move, not just by car, but by SkyTrain, by bus, by public transit through the region to a point where it is reliable, consistent, and covers enough of the network so that people feel they can actually get where they want to go. And mobility pricing could be the fast track there because it allows for this very immediate influx of money, especially, as I said earlier, we start seeing more gas taxes. And yes, Keith Baldry made this point to me earlier. We're seeing more cars on the road now because of immigration. But as we do move towards that future of electric vehicles, eventually we are going to hit the tipping point where combustion engine cars are coming off the road, gas taxes are going down, and just saying we'll, we'll figure it out when we get there is not good enough for what requires really good long-term planning to solve a complex solution. And, and you know, it may take right after an election a decisive victory by whatever party, but it, it feels to me, Jazz, like politicians are so far off from ever being willing to consider this type of mobility pricing.